This is a recording on the subject of the First Opium War. The year 1792. The British Empire does not have enough money to maintain its army and its people and its expensive habit for tea. The, the world has become a smaller place with European sailors traveling to all corners of the globe for trade. There is to sustain the massive European empires. Although Britain sees one clear chance for profit for profit in the world. China. The Chinese ha- ha- grew black tea in massive plantations and only rich Chinese tea, tea brewers were allowed to grow tea. Later, it is known that the British sent a spy to learn how to grow tea and to give the secrets back to the, to the kingdom. Which is how we now, which is one of the reasons that now tea can be grown everywhere. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The British, however, whenever they sent traders, it took them nine months to go to China. A further thing system was that. A further irritance to the British was the fact that the Chinese government created the Hong, which what which was supposed to regulate foreign trade guidelines. They also placed strict re- restrictions on foreign trade and clamped down on trade to a single port, Canton. Finally, King George decided to send an envoy to the Emperor of China. After one, of course this had happened after a representative of the Honorable East India Company had tried to take his claims upriver, literally and figuratively. Whenever the they they loaded some expensive gifts gifts for Ch- to send to China. They then chose George McCartney to, to lead to lead the the expedition. Whenever he uh, whenever he arrived, they they requested to dock at a port closer to the emperor's residence than Canton. Whenever the Hong whenever the Hong were suspicious, they said they had expensive gifts for the emperor.
of course, after they docked, they began the final stretch over the wall and into the city. When they were in the Emperor's Palace, trouble began. In the presence of the Emperor, everyone is expected to kowtow. Unfortunately, the, the leader of the expedition decided, McCartney decided he would not, if he wasn't going to, if he wasn't going to touch his head to the floor for King George, he definitely wouldn't do it for the Chinese. So he came up with a solution. If he kowtows to the emperor, a Chinese official of equal rank will kowtow to a portrait of King George III. Of course, the Chinese denied this, as they had the most divine, mo- as they believed they had the most divine monarch and hailed from the most powerful empire in the world. Of course, as the opium wars were to prove China's empire needed modernization. The first thing that was done was that the British found needed to find were the, one of the first things that was setting the British off was that they were importing over 10 million pounds of tea a year from China. While millions of pounds of British gold, I mean, excuse me, not gold, silver, was flowing into, was flowing into China. This was even worse considering that their South American silver mines were disconnected from their empire. When the silver mines were disconnected from the empire and all the silver was flowing into China, they needed a product the Chinese wanted. So the Honorable East India Company being the honorable East India Company, decided to do decided to do something illegal in China. Step one: grow some flowers. Step two: convert some flowers and convert flowers into drugs. Step three: sell the drugs in China. Step four: use profit from drugs. To, to buy tea. Step five, sell the tea in Britain for a profit to pay off their conquests in India. Of course, the one problem was that, was that they were the honorable East India Company and that this required pushing drugs at an unheard of level in which were illegal in China. 
So, since they couldn't get into China, they set up a market in Calcutta. They basically said, we, they basically said, we got some infinite possibilities. We don't know what you want to do with it, but we got opium, so come by. And then they let the smugglers do their job. Then, lots of Chinese money started flowing back into, started flowing into Britain. The, Ch the emperor hired a, a officer named Lin Zexu. They, Lin Zexu, saw that saw all the corruption from the west in the opium trade they also saw he Lin Zexu also saw crime rates increasing one night two men two drunken british sailors beat a man in, a chinese man to death captain charles elliot the supreme the supreme commander of, of British affairs in China sentenced the men to hard labor in Britain. But Lin Zexu was not finished. He ordered his men to storm the foreign warehouses of opium until they surrendered until they surrendered 21,000 tests of opium. He also ordered them to stop selling opium in China. Of course, he, he had the Portuguese eject the British from Macau. And he burned the opium with lye. Finally, the emperor got a new person in charge named Qishan. During standoffs and battles, the British came up more successful. They had taken the forts of 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 Tucson and Chuenp. But one interest after Captain Elliot, Captain Charles Elliot was fired. The British and had already given one set of terms to Shishan, to Chishan. Chishan submitted this to the emperor, but the emperor thought that China could come up with the best possible terms. 
and that the British could could have could be dealt with. But it turned out to be wrong. He dismissed Chishan and had him executed. I believe that Chishan lived, although I am not sure. Chishan then was fired and th- and, he repre- and he got three new representatives. Two were military officers and stra- stra- strategic officers. One was his nephew. One of the men said that maybe they could come to terms with the British and modernize and strengthen their army. This was not accepted by the emperor. several battles the British start to notice that in the gun towers in the Chinese fortifications right next to the cannons there were opium pipes the since Indian opium was more potent than the domestic grown opium in China Everybody wanted some. 90% of the Chinese army was on opium, which weakened the Chinese resistance. Another rumor traveling through the Chinese ranks was that the British executed every, every prisoner they captured. But an interesting fact was that the British were very well disciplined. In fact, the new British modern commanders saw themselves as the enlightening force in the war and forbade looting on the pain of death. However, in retaliation for one soldier being kidnapped and beaten, several Chinese villages were burned to the ground and and hundreds died. Another interesting battle, this was when Captain Charles Elliott was still in command, was when ship called the Royal Saxon had traveled to Canton. The British blockade signaled him to turn back. Then they fired a warning shot. The Admiral in Canton ordered his fleet out. So the British ships gave a broadside and and defeated the Chinese ships. However, the British finally captured fort after fort 
until they came to Nanking. The Chinese knew that the British would only, wouldn't even need to take Nanking. Would, would only need to take Nanking. Then, all of Ch- the, the Yangtze and, and, the, and the capital's food and supplies would be cut off. The capital would starve to death, and the emperor would be ex- would either be executed and or would die of starvation. Finally, after the afterwards, before the British took Nanking. Before they had a chance to, the Chinese surrendered. Once the terms were hammered out, the war ended. Of course, this was not the end. A second opium war was coming soon. And this time, all of the major colonial powers would be included. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you liked this episode about the Opium Wars.